I have found out beat news in depth for you. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to Outbeat News In-Depth. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, history will be made this coming week as the United States Supreme Court prepares to hear two days of testimony on California's Proposition 8 and the Federal Defense of Marriage Act. Tonight, Zach Walls, an amazing straight ally who was raised by two women, joins us to talk about his predictions for the Supreme Court's decision and about the work he's doing to support our fight for equality. We'll also talk with Devin Yaffe, a high school senior from Southern California who just produced an amazing documentary for his senior project. All of this in the Outbeat You segments coming up right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, March 24th, 2013. I have found Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Well, as we just mentioned, California's Proposition 8 has its final day in court this Tuesday, as the United States Supreme Court will hear arguments from both sides on this civil rights issue. The court will also hear arguments the following day on two cases involving the Federal Defense of Marriage Act. Marches are planned throughout the country during this historic week, and San Francisco's March for Equality will take place tomorrow night, March 25th, and is part of a national movement in support of marriage equality and equal protection under the law. The march will begin at the corner of Castro and Market at 6.30 p.m. and will conclude at San Francisco City Hall. You can learn more about all of the activities planned here locally and around the country at lighttojustice.org. And finally, We Mean It Productions and the Wells Fargo Center for the Arts will present the 18th annual Sonoma County Pride Comedy Night, a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender celebration with Marga Gomez and special guests Justin Lucas and Regina Stoops on Saturday, June 1st at the Wells Fargo Center here in Santa Rosa. Marga Gomez is thrilled to return to Sonoma County Pride after five years of comedy globetrotting. She's a GLAAD award-winning comedian and has been praised as astounding by Armistead Malpin and as amazing by Robin Williams. She's been featured on HBO, Logo, and Comedy Central. In 2012, Gomez was named Best Gay Comedian by the Bay Area Reporter and Best Comedian by the San Francisco Bay Guardian. She occasionally performs on Olivia Cruises, and she claims to be one of the first openly single lesbian comedians in America. You may know San Francisco native Justin Lucas from one of the many successful comedy competitions he's battled in, including his most recent achievement, like advancing to the semifinals for the 37th annual San Francisco International Comedy Competition and performing in the 2013 San Francisco Sketchfest. Justin continues to pursue his performance career while simultaneously working toward a vocation and voiceover, a talent showcased in his live shows. Regina Stoops was born and raised in a town called Normal, though her humor is anything but that. The life of a Bay Area lesbian stay-at-home mom in the world of suburban soccer moms has provided endless entertainment along the way. You can learn more about this show and get tickets at www.tickets.wellsfargocenterarts.org. Now here's your calendar of events for the coming week. On Monday, March 25th, and every Monday at 5.30 p.m., the Petaluma Health Center will host an LGBT support group at 1179 North McDowell Boulevard in Petaluma. And also on Monday at 7 p.m., the Parents of Transgender Youth Support Group will meet at Positive Images, 312 Chin Street. And on Tuesday from 6 to 7.30 p.m., the trans group will gather at the Positive Images Center, 312 Chin Street. And on Wednesday, March 27th, and every Wednesday from 5.30 to 7 p.m., Positive Images provides a drop-in support group at the No Name Cafe at Sonoma Valley High. 
And on Thursday, March 28th from 7 to 9 p.m., the Men for Men support group will gather at the Marin AIDS Project, 910 Irwin Street in San Rafael. And finally, on Friday, March 29th from 7 to 9 p.m., the Russian River Sisters will celebrate their 25th anniversary with Time Waits for No Nun at the R3 Dining Room in Guerneville. The Grant Fund giveaway will happen and worthy people will be sainted. Everyone is welcome and you can learn more at rrsisters.org. If you have news or an event you'd like to share with our listeners, be sure to tell us about it by going to our own website at outbeatnews.com and follow us all week long for the latest LGBT news and information from here in the North Bay and beyond. For Gary Carnavelli, I'm Greg Moralia. Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Zach Walls is a young man who was raised by two women in Iowa. In 2009, he was asked to speak in support of marriage equality in front of the state legislature. Unbeknownst to him, his incredible speech was recorded and subsequently posted on YouTube. It went viral and ended up playing a huge role in winning the 63-27 to 27 vote in favor of marriage equality in his home state. Since that time, he's become a strong ally and spokesman on a variety of LGBT civil rights issues, including the controversy in the Boy Scouts organization and their current policy prohibiting gay members. As an Eagle Scout himself, Zach Walls offers a powerful voice in this debate. And joining us now as part of our Campus Pride National Voices in Action Spotlight Series is Zach Walls. Zach, welcome to Outbeat Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with your personal story, uh, let's start out by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got involved in, in being such a, a fantastic straight ally for us. Uh, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, and second of all, um, same-sex marriage has been legal uh, in the state of Iowa, my home state, since 2009. Um, and I was raised by a same-sex couple, my two moms, uh, Jackie and Terry. Um, and it was... Uh, in 2011, uh, it's hard to believe that it's been more than two years now, uh, that I spoke before the Iowa legislature at a uh, hearing about a proposed constitutional amendment to reverse that Supreme Court decision uh, and amend the Constitution to redefine marriage in the state of Iowa. I spoke at that hearing, uh, and unbeknownst to me, uh, it was recorded by the House Democrats, who then uploaded that video and and you know spread it all over on YouTube, where it then uh, by the end of the year racked up nearly 20 million hits and became YouTube's most watched political video of 2011. And that's crazy. I mean, I remember when that that happened and and seeing it, and it was on every site that I I went to and that we monitored. How did you get on the agenda for that hearing in the first place? Uh, you know, I was actually invited uh, to speak there uh, by the Iowa House Democrats, who were the ones who forced uh, the legislature to have that hearing. Um, and it was, you know, a kind of a long uh, story that had inadvertently put me on the road, not even directly of the Democrats, uh, but of the folks that they were working with, Lambda Legal, uh, which had litigated that uh, Supreme Court case. Um, but it was uh, certainly kind of a, a moment of serendipity. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think really kind of the, the big you know, takeaway for me was 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 really the fact that I had no idea you know, that that it was being recorded, that it would wind up on the internet. You know, I, I really somehow managed to catch lightning in a bottle that I wasn't even holding. Wow, very well said. And so, as you thought about preparing for that speech, I mean, obviously, it, it was going to be an important moment, and they asked you mm -hmm. to speak for 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 good reason. 
Did you have any idea what type of impact your words would have on them? Not at all. I, I mean, to be clear, I, I walked into that hearing and you know with the hopes of uh, you know rallying somebody uh, to, to you know to come around and, and make some sense. But unfortunately, um, you know the the interview. Actually, not the interview. Um, the the vote um, wound up going down uh, sixty three to twenty seven. Uh, wow. a, a pretty solid vote in favor um, of of passing the constitutional amendment. Wow, wow. Well, and I know in your speech you you talk a lot about how quote unquote normal your family experience was with your two moms. Mm-hmm. How was it for you growing up? Uh, how was it in school? Well, I think we do have to be careful. Uh, and I think sometimes the LGBTQ movement, you know, we have a tendency to want to normalize things that, that may or may not necessarily be, you know, exactly the same. And, and to be clear, you know, growing up with, with lesbian parents was certainly different from growing up with straight parents, especially in a state like Iowa. Uh, but, you know, I, what I found was that overwhelmingly the differences that existed were the result not of, of my parents, you know, parenting ability, uh, but of the way other people viewed our family situation. You know, when, mm-hmm. when Rick Santorum stands up and says that there's a problem with same-sex marriage or with having same-sex parents, he's right. But what he doesn't realize is that there's only a problem because he says there is. He is the problem with having gay parents. He is the problem uh, for people who wish to be in a same-sex relationship. Right, right. So did you... Did you ever suffer any homophobia in, in school, based on your parents? No, I, I mean, no, yeah, I mean, absolutely. There were certainly you know folks who wanted to to you know put this target on my back, um, and and I learned at a very early age that if I was going to talk about you know having same sex parents, that, that that could be very you know potentially dangerous for me. And so for a long time, I didn't talk about it, uh, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't until I got to high school. Uh, when I finally found the courage to, you know, in, in, in my own way, come out of the closet about having uh, gay parents. I think sometimes uh, folks in the LGBT community who do not have queer parents don't understand necessarily the parallel, uh, you know, of, of being gay and of having gay parents. And, of course, it's not a, a perfect analogy, um, but th- there is certainly some overlap. And now that being said, I think sometimes, too, we often forget uh, about the pressure that can sometimes be put on those of us who have queer parents, uh, you know, the expectations, the, the the reality that, you know, so often we are, uh, you know, ambassadors to the rest of the world because so many folks don't know somebody who has queer parents. So we have to be very careful of the community and mm-hmm. uh, how we, you know, uh, raise our kids and, and how we, I think, work together to advance uh, rights for all people, queer or straight. Right, right. Well, shifting gears a little bit, as we look out to the coming week, I mean, this is this is going to be a huge week for marriage equality now as the Supreme Court hears arguments about Prop 8 here in California as well as the Defensive Marriage Act. You know, what's your sense about how the court's going to rule on, on those issues? You know, I'm not a legal expert, so I really shouldn't be in the business of, of making guesses. I will certainly tell you that the stakes really couldn't be any higher. Uh, the session ends now on June 23rd. Uh, which is not too far away. Uh, and, and some of the work that I've been involved with most recently uh, with the Boy Scouts of America, uh, just uh, a couple months ago they were, you know, announced that they were considering a policy change to their longstanding ban on gay members. 
and and this decision that the Boy Scouts will make will be on May 24th. So we don't know exactly when the Supreme Court will rule after hearing uh, oral arguments this week, but we do know that that decision will likely come within about a month's time frame of the Boy Scouts of America's decision. So that means that there are going to be three you know, potentially critical decisions happening that will have huge impacts on our community and on the nation as a whole right. in a very, very short window of time. You're right, and it's going to happen very, very quickly, and it, and it certainly makes for uh, some exciting times. There's no doubt about that. Um, I want to come back to the Boy Scouts here in a minute, but uh, tell us about the book you've written. So uh, the book, My Two Moms, Lessons of Love, Strength, and What Makes a Family, uh, comes out on paperback on April 2nd. Uh, and it's essentially, uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, a, a memoir um, and essentially a reflection on, on my experiences growing up as a young man in Iowa with LGBT parents uh, and kind of what that experience was like. And interestingly enough, uh, Greg, the book was written through the prism of the Boy Scout law. A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Um, each of the main 12 chapters of the book uh, is you know, told uh, in, in an attempt to try and, and explain how that value was important to me uh, and how it was important to, you know, to, to my family and how my mom's you know, kind of worked within the scouting mindset to you know, instill those values in me. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of as a whole, the book is, is much more uh, about, you know, I think the, the fundamental values and experiences that define us, not just, uh, you know, as, as in my case, somebody with gay parents or, or even us as Americans, but just as us as human beings, you know, sharing some time on this on this beautiful planet. So you've been on the road talking about the book, and you've had a chance to obviously meet people from across the country. Tell us about that experience and how you've seen the country evolve around its attitude toward gay rights. You know, I've spent now, with the better part of uh, two years, kind of on the road traveling. Part of it was for my book tour uh, when My Two Moms came out. Part of it has been for just speaking at college uh, campuses. Part of it has been advocacy work with various organizations. And part of it has been campaign work uh, last year uh, in, in the fall. So, I, you know, I've had the incredible uh, opportunity to go all over the country and, and to have conversations with folks from all walks of life. Uh, you know, people who have all kinds of different perspectives on this issue, and, and what I found is that, you know, whether you're speaking in, you know, uh, you know, rural Iowa, uh, San Francisco, you know, Orlando, Florida, the people are willing to listen to you if you're willing to respect them and 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 their right to have their opinion, if not necessarily the opinion itself. I, I think sometimes we we can get caught up uh, in in you know the the, the vitriol uh, that is is so easy to come by in this debate. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, we, we, we let that poison, uh, you know, our understanding of those with whom we disagree. And so I think if we really, you know, want to continue to move forward as a movement and, and more broadly the country on this issue, that we need to continue talking about love, talking about family, talking about uh, the values and the reasons we find, uh, you know, this movement to be affirming uh, and reinforcing of those values that I think define uh, you know, the, the best part of who we are. Sure. Good points. Good points all the way around. Well, and as you mentioned earlier, marriage equality is not the only issue that you've taken up uh, to be such a strong voice uh, of support for. But, but as an Eagle Scout, you've also spoken out about the discriminatory policies of the Boy Scouts. Talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so I joined the Cub Scouts when I was six years old as a Tiger Cub, the, the lowest rank on the, on the totem pole. And I worked my way all the way up to Eagle Scout. Uh, and I, I left the program when I turned 18, um, graduated out. Uh, and, and throughout my entire experience, my moms were involved in, in one way or another. So I really, growing up as a scout, saw firsthand you know, both the benefit of the program to me as a young man, but also the reality that LGBTQ identities are not in any way incongruent with scouting values. Uh, recently, there have been a lot of folks who have stood up and made a lot of noise about uh, this, this proposed policy change to lift the ban on gay members. And, and we simply feel uh, that those who are trying to make these arguments that, that lifting this ban on gay folks will somehow devastate the BSA, uh, these folks aren't actually concerned with the Boy Scouts. What they're concerned about uh, is you know, their own personal issues with gay people in America. And so I've been leading an organization called Scouts for Equality. You can find us online at scoutsforequality.com. It's all spelled out, scoutsforequality.com. Uh, to lead, uh, you know, kind of an internal conversation within the scouting community and to, you know, lobby uh, the national board to go ahead and, and adopt a full non-discrimination policy uh, so we can stop worrying about this, this discriminatory membership policy and get back to the work of rebuilding scouting in America. Wow. So what's your thoughts? How are they going to rule? Um, you know, again, uh, I, I, if, I, if I you know, knew for sure, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I would love to tell you, but I, I, don't, I don't know for sure. Uh, we're doing everything we can. Uh, we've brought on some of the best in the business. Um, you know, we've also just been mobilizing uh, Eagle Scouts all over the country, thousands and thousands and thousands of Scouts and Scout families. So we're feeling good. Um, and we still got a little bit of time, but there's no doubt that it's right around mm. the corner. Well, you know, one of the things that they had talked about initially was that the national organization would remove uh, the prohibition, but then would leave it to local chapters to decide whether they wanted to be inclusive or not. That doesn't really solve the problem, does it? Oh no, absolutely not. Um, you know, even though there are certainly some folks who see this as a compromise. Uh, the reality is that, you know, a local option is not in the best interest of scouting, uh, and, and it certainly doesn't solve this, you know, address this problem. And, and frankly, it's a false, it's a false paradigm. Uh, the idea that somehow uh, a local option, you know, solves this problem uh, somehow is predicated on the idea that some units uh, will be able to, you know, engage in discrimination or not, and, and that, that's just a non-starter. Uh, the reality is that we need to make sure that we have a scouting program that is home to all boys who are willing to live its law, abide its oath, and, and are willing to blaze the trail. Right. Right. Well, we've been following a couple of local stories here. Ryan Anderson is, is one of them. Absolutely. You know, here's a kid who was entirely successful throughout scouting um, and a role model, clearly, for you know his peers. He completed his Eagle project and then was tossed out after people found out he was gay. Right. I know, so I know Ryan. Uh, the reason, actually, his story was proliferated was because his mother, Karen, reached out to us, and, and we helped her start her petition on Change.org, uh, which is an online petition platform that allows anyone anywhere to start a petition. Uh, and we worked very closely with the Andresen family through uh, the entire process. And, and, you know, even though there are certainly a lot of days where it, it gets, you know, frustrating and, and hard, and, and you just, you know, you're staying up late, you're working long hours, and, and it's not a lot of fun. You know, thinking about people like Ryan and just remembering, 
why we are doing this work uh, is, is absolutely, I think, and not speaking just for myself, but I know for many members on our team, it's really what drives us. Yeah. Did you ever envision that you would be doing today what you're doing? <laughs> if I had, I certainly wouldn't have been studying engineering at the <laughs> University of Iowa. <laughs> It is an interesting life path, isn't it? It is. It so, is. so as you look out into the future, you know we've got the marriage uh, issue coming to the to head this spring. Hopefully, the Boy Scouts will resolve uh, their issues this spring. What's on tap for your future? Uh, you know, I'm actually back in school this semester. Believe it or not, uh, running a a nonprofit while a part time student at the University of Iowa. Um, so I've, I've certainly been staying busy, uh, and, and in the fall I'll be going back, uh, you know, in a more full-time capacity and, and hopefully just going to be able to get this degree done and, and all wrapped up. And so engineering is in your future? Uh, sustainability studies is, is okay. my, uh, my major at the University of Iowa. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us again the name of the book and where people can go to get it. Yep. It's My Two Moms, Lessons of Love, Strength, and What Makes a Family. You should be able to find it at any local bookstore uh, or online. Uh, you can also find it at Zach Walls, Z-A-C-H-W-A-H-L-S dot com. If you want to stay in touch, the best way to do that is probably Twitter, uh, just at Zach Walls, Z-A-C-H-W-A-H-L-S, or Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Zach Walls. For Scouts for Equality, you can find us at Scouts for Equality, all written out, scoutsforequality.org or dot com. Fantastic. And we'll have all of those links available on our own website at OutBeatNews.com. Zach, keep up the good work, and thank you so much for, for being a very strong ally for all of us. Absolutely. I'll do my best, Greg. Thank you. What a great guy. Well, our next guest is equally impressive. Devin Yaffe is a 17-year-old high school senior from Southern California who's produced a documentary called Overcoming Adversities as a Gay Teen, One Generation at a Time. Devin, welcome to OutBeat Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Well, great to have you here. But before we dive into this amazing documentary that you produced, uh, start by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and, and where you're going to school. Uh, well, I recently, I am right now I'm residing in Los Angeles, California, more specifically the San Fernando Valley. Uh, and I actually, I go to school. It's called Hollywood High School. I actually travel all the way into the um, city just to go to a school, but for the reason of performing arts. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so that it was my it's my passion. It's something that I really love to do. So instead of you know going to a local school five minutes from me, I decided why not go to a school an hour away? But it's because of the performing arts there. Wow. So tell me more about that. What kind of performing arts are you into? Uh, well, I'm mostly a singer actor. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the school. The th- one thing that's really great is that they allow the students to try all the aspects of the arts, whether it be dancing, singing, acting, or technical theater. So you know. You know, one day I'll be taking dance classes, the next I'll be singing, and then I'll be acting. So, you know, I get the full rounded, you know, of all the aspects of the arts, and it's really an awesome program. And But I'm, I'm mainly more of a singer-actor. I'm actually in my school's show choir. It's called H2O, Hollywood's Top 20 Singers. And it's, 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 we basically say we're the original Glee. But, you know, so we travel around Los Angeles performing at different areas and just, you know, singing our hearts out. Awesome. Well, hopefully, if you're the the real Glee, there's much less drama than in the show of Virgin, uh, huh? No, yes, definitely less drama. But you know, you always it's high school, so you have that you have that little amount in there. Sure. Well, you talked in your documentary about your own coming out story, and as I recall, it was during the summer as you were entering eleventh grade. Yes. Talk about that process and what it was like for you telling your family and friends. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is, and the one thing I've always said is that I never believed in the whole coming out. You know, to have someone be like, you have to be the one to just say that you are gay. To me, it just didn't seem right. You know, you know, you don't have you don't have straight people saying, "Hey, I'm straight." You know, it's just it's a given. Right. And so the thing was, is I knew my parents knew, I knew my friends knew. It's kind of you had that mindset, like you know, it's kind of obvious, but it felt so weird for me to be like, oh, I have to go up to them and be like, look, I'm gay. So that's why it actually took so long for me to actually come out. But um, it actually got to the point where I was like, you know what? My friends aren't going to be the ones to say, Devin, are you? Because, you know, they had that respect for me. So in the summer of going into 11th grade, I brought my two best friends who I was the closest with at the time. And I brought them into my room. And I basically even stated to them saying, look, I don't like doing this. I don't believe in this. But, you know, no one's going to say it. So I'm just going to come out and say I'm gay. And... Their reactions, they just literally, they went crazy. They were so excited because they, they, they told me, they said, we thought you never were going to tell us. Yeah. So, you know, it was, but they, they said they, they thought they, that I was, but they were glad that I was the one to tell them. And I felt good about myself after that. So, you know, and we've had a strong friendship ever since. And, you know, they're just there for me whenever I need it. Uh, now, with my family, I actually said it in my documentary that, my mom was the first person that either I came out to, but it wasn't, it wasn't even me saying it. I basically one morning went into her room and she was laying in her bed and she just looks at me and it's because the night before I had some friends over okay. and of course, you know, a lot of them are performing arts people. So there, you know, there's, there were a couple of my, my actually, they were my gay friends. And so my mom states to me, she says, you know, Devin, your friends, they're just, they're so awesome. And she's like, and those two guys, they're just, they're so, they're so, and I was just like, they're gay. And she like, she chuckled a little bit. She was like, yeah, well, like you. Oh, really? And she kind of like just said that. And I just completely froze for a second because I was like, oh my God, did she just, did she just say that? <laughs> and, but then I was like, y- yeah, yeah, like me. And she's like, okay, well, I'm glad that's cleared. <laughs> and, you know, it just, that was it, basically. She was just, she knew, she accepted me. She just, she, I think, I guess she kind of caught on that, like, because my, after telling my friends, I think she realized that maybe I wasn't going to actually say anything and that maybe I was worried about it, that right. maybe she wouldn't accept me. So she just said that she had to take the initiative, and but she's glad she did because now I'm out and open to everyone in my family, and they love me for who I am and accept me and just want the best for me. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Great. That's really an awesome story. Yeah. So tell us about this senior project and how you came up with the idea of examining coming out stories by generation. Well, we have the thing, as it says, my senior project, which basically – Everyone dreads up to the point of your senior year because everyone has to do it no matter what. And the one thing that I love about having the senior project is that you're given the choice to pick any topic you want. Now, when I say any topic, I literally mean that because a couple of years ago, some girl did it on if dragons really exist. So the, the leniency of what you want to do is literally unimaginable. You can do anything. And so I basically, I, I literally had a couple ideas. Uh, I'm, I'm ADHD. So I was thinking, Hey, you know, maybe I could do something with that. But then I was kind of thinking, you know, I, I know I'm ADHD. It's, you know, hyperactive disorder. I, I just, it, it, it didn't actually stick to me that much where, cause the teacher had us go in depth with it. And I was like, no, this isn't sticking. And mm-hmm. so 
because of my senior year, and I'm just recently, like, being the one to fully be out there of being gay, being so supportive and everything, I was like, you know what, I want to do something on being gay, because I, all of my years of high school, I've been so afraid of showing who I am, that this is the time to just really just be able to shout it out, and so I literally wrote the topic of being gay, and my teacher came up to me and she says, well, what about being gay? What, what, what are you going to research? What is the topic of being gay? I guess, you know, I guess overcoming adversities, things that I've overcome in my life, being gay and what, what it's done for me. And so I guess with the work of my teacher, both of us, we put it together of doing overcoming adversities as a gay teen. And, but with that, all I imagined was having, you know, gay teens of this generation and interviewing them. Mm -hmm. But, then my teacher says, why don't you go in depth and why don't you, you know, find older generations because, you know, see their point of views. And at the time, it wasn't going to be a documentary. It was just going to be more of a, a presentation of just interviewing, you know, older generations and the newer generations. But then when my teacher suggested that down the street, there's a, a senior gay and lesbian elder housing center. She says, you know, go over there, you know, interview some people. Maybe they'd be interested in telling their stories. And so with that, I said, you know, they're going to tell their stories. They're going to tell about what they had to deal with. And so I said, you know what? And because recently, in the past years before being all involved in the performing arts, I loved to film and just do videos. So then I said, you know what? This would be the perfect opportunity to, you know, crack out that camera and, like, really do something with this. And so that's what I was like. I'm going to do a documentary on overcoming adversities as a gay teen, wow. but one generation at a time. And that's basically how the full topic came to be. Incredible. So it sounds like you know you've got a really supportive group of teachers that are working with you. Are are they also are there a number of them out there that are also gay? Um, you know, at my school there are well, actually, um, one of the two of the people featured in the documentary. One of them is a teacher, and one of them is a after school program leader, and they're openly gay. There are a couple teachers who are out to a few students, but they're not to the point of like where when I asked them if they'd be in the documentary, they just felt not as comfortable doing right. that. Right. But, you know, but being it, it's, it's literally, it's Hollywood high and the name represents itself or Hollywood. You're, you're dealing with everyone, you know, all different, whether it be like, you know, crazies or just normal people, but you know, there are gay students, straight students, there's a variety. And no matter what, the respect level at my school is just incredible because, you know, no one's judging one another. Everyone accepts everyone sure. for who they are. So that's the great part about yeah, it. Great. Well, and obviously that's essential to having the freedom to be able to do a project like this. Definitely. So talk about going to that, uh, was it a retirement center, you said? Um, it's, it's, a, 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 it's a housing center. Basically, it's not retirement-based exactly, but it's more uh, affordable housing for gay and lesbian seniors. Okay. Okay. So, so you know, you, how did you do that? You just walked in one day and, and struck up <laughs> conversations with folks, or how did that go? Well, no, I, I, I was thinking about it, but I was like, you know what, I can't just like storm in there one day. So I first, I got the link to their website from my teacher and I did some research on, on the website and then I found a number to call. So before calling, you know, I just wanted to get some background knowing what their place was about. And I basically called and I said, I'm doing this project of overcoming adversities as a gay teen and I'm looking for, to finding older generations to share their side of the story and what they had to go through. At, when it's they when they were in their teens, and uh, automatically the person on the phone was just like, "That sounds wonderful." And so, be, but before going into like 
all like, yes, come here, come then. They asked, you know, who who's going to be involved? Because apparently uh, there have been other, like, projects wanting to go into their facilities and record and do things. And they were just worried about how many people would be involved in everything. And I basically said that this was just me, you know, my camera, my, myself. And it was just going to be me and whoever wanted to be interviewed. And which that, right away, they're like, well, that's even better. We want, And so we set up a day to come in. Uh, I met with the housing uh, facilitator person, and uh, basically we actually they had a list of people, and they said, "Well, would this person work? Would this person work?" And it just came down to you know who was interested and who actually uh, because that project that I did specifically in in this um, this one you know it was featuring gay males, so of course you know that we had to look at who was a gay male and who would be comfortable with doing this and that's how i ended up with the the two older gentlemen that you see featured in the film yeah and one of them's 82 what was it like talking with him and what was his reaction to you as being someone who's so confident and and obviously out with this project mm-hmm. uh well first he was actually he was kind of stunned he was like well you want to interview me i don't know if i don't know if i'm that interesting and it was kind of funny because you see the film and people say that the two older gentlemen are the ones that are the most interesting because they have, you know, living proof of what they had to go through when it wasn't as accepted as it is today. Uh, but uh, the older, um, uh, his name's Don. Uh, he, you know, he was just amazed by the fact that I, I am this young student, you know, high school student coming in doing this project. And he, he actually said to me off, off the camera saying that, how wonderful it is to see youth at my age being able to do something and so open about it, you know, in this day of society, because you're saying, you know, back when he was in his teens, you could, you would never, you would never bring that up as, you know, wanting to do that as your senior project, you know, you would be made fun of you, you, you couldn't, you, you couldn't even, you know, there was, right. it was not acceptable. And so he was just in awe and he was, he said he was inspired to see, me doing this and wanting to hear the stories that he had to tell. So, you know, but actually it was more of an honor for me to, you know, to hear them from him because, you know, just you hear what they went through and how just, you know, nowadays it's, it's, you know, people accept it, you know, they accept it right away. Some people are iffy about it, but, you know, for the most part you have most people accepting yourself. And it was just an incredible experience to, to hear what they had to say and compare it to today's life. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I bet it was. What was what were some of the things that, that you found most inspirational that you heard in these conversations? Uh, well, he basically, uh, the older guy's name is uh, Don, he uh, said no matter what, even though he was going through hard times and that he had to hide who he was, he always accepted himself for who he was because he knew that he he knew he was different, but he knew this wasn't something that could go away. This was something that you know was is not going to change. And he said, you know, no matter what, though sometimes I had to hide it just you know to move on in life. He says I kept it deep down inside that this is who I am, and I'm going to love myself no matter what because no matter what, I'm not going to change for what other people want me to be. Great. And I think that was incredible for, especially at his age, for him to say that. You know, it's just it's amazing. Totally, totally. So, what grade did you get? <laughs> I I got an A plus. You know, I actually because uh, I had a, besides the the project, I had to do a whole presentation with a PowerPoint and everything. And the facilitators, the people that were judging it, said in all their years of judging, they said this was one of the most incredible projects they've ever seen. 
and apparently, and I'm not, not trying to brag, but apparently I got one of the highest marks ever given throughout all of the senior projects. So, and, and, and I'm was, not, and I'm not surprised because it really, <laughs> it really is spectacular, and and it's been on YouTube, and then yes. you've gotten some comments from it. Tell us about some of the feedback from those who've seen it from around the world. Well, um, most most are you know positive. You're going to have you know the ignorant people who say you know homosexuality is a sin. I don't know why you support this and are sharing this, but you know you have to ignore them because they're ignorant and they don't know what they're saying. But most of the people are just so supportive and just in awe, I guess, for the fact that I am the 17 year old high school student and I'm the one that created this. That how I could think of this and produce something like this is just inspiring. Uh, you know, and when I think of it, I just think I was doing something that I felt really strongly about and something that I loved to do. And so when I hear these people saying you're inspiring and this is incredible, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's amazing to hear. It's it great just feeling, puts yeah. a smile to my face. Yeah. And, yeah. As well, it should. Yeah. So what are your plans with it? Are you, are you thinking about doing something else with it or, or letting it live out there in YouTube land? Uh, well, I've actually I've submitted uh, my film to a couple film festivals, so I've sent them out there, and just you know I'm not looking for anything really. I just I I want it to get out there, you know. So, however possible, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, but once something that I am doing with my with the documentary and my YouTube channel is I'm going to be expanding on it because. With the positive comments, some people have said, you know, you're missing a generation. And I've gotten the comments, you know, you only have, because it's 10 people that I've featured. And I guess people have looked that eight of them are white and two are Hispanic. So they're like, well, what about the other races? And I mean, I wasn't intentionally doing that. It was literally, I had two months to do the whole project. And while doing the project, you know, I was in school, I was involved with two productions. So there wasn't that much time given. And I only had the the people that I had in reach to get to. And, you know, there were a lot of people that I asked, you know, it was literally, I ended up with just 10 who said, yes, I would love to be on camera and featured. But with this now, I'm wanting to do where I'm expanding it to maybe every two weeks, I'm going to interview a single person. And now I'm going to go out to all LGBT, so lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, whatever you are, but basically interviewing whomever and getting their coming out stories. And every two weeks, I'm going to post a new person's interview. And so that's my expansion on the project because I want everyone to have the opportunity to share their story. Fantastic. And so tell us about where people can find your YouTube channel. Uh, well, if you just if you search uh, Devin Yaffe, D E V O N Y A F F, as in Frank E, then that's where they can find me. Also, if you just put in the search bar "overcoming adversities as a gay teen," it'll pop up right away. So those are the two places that you can look. And also, if you just put it in a, a Google search bar, now all of a sudden it literally pops up everywhere. So it's it's very um, accessible and. And that's very easy to find. And that's got to be pretty exciting, you know, to be able to see that. It is. Well, uh, and for those of you who maybe missed that, we'll definitely have the link on our own website at OutBeatNews.com. Devin, tell us what's untapped for you. You're getting ready to graduate here in a couple of months from high school. What's what's beyond? So after high school, my plans are to go to college. But where is still a question to me. Uh, I want to pursue an acting 
And my parents said, no matter what, you know, we want you to go to college. So you can't skip college just to try to pursue that dream. And I, I respect that, you know, because it's always good to keep your education and get a degree. Right. But um, right now, I guess I, I'm looking at like NYU or USC. Those are my top schools that I really want to go to. And it's funny because what I want to do with either school is completely the opposite. If I go to NYU, I'm definitely pursuing, you know, the arts because it's an amazing school to go to. They have the Tisch program, musical theater, acting. So if I get accepted there, that's my top choice and I will pursue it. But then you look on the other side and we have um, USC in which I, they, I was thinking, you know, maybe staying local, I'll play it smart. And because they're not known for their performing arts, that, I was going to major in uh, business management and production. And so that's where the total opposite is, is it's business and then acting on the other side. So that's what my plan is if I go to USC. But right now it's up in the air because I haven't heard back from either or. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just hoping for the best. And I just, you know, just, I guess, playing it step by step when it comes to mm-hmm. life and seeing where I go. Well, it sounds like either way, we're going to see your name on the big screen in the credits somewhere. I hope so. <laughs> Fantastic. Devin, you're really an impressive young man. Uh, and congratulations on a great project. I would Thank encourage, you so much. I would encourage everyone uh, to get on YouTube and, and check it out. Again, we'll have the link on our own website at OutBeatNews.com. So, Devin, thanks so much for joining us tonight on OutBeat Radio. Thank you so much, Greg. Pretty impressive young man, I'd say. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Outbeat News in Depth on KRCB Radio. And for tonight's Outbeat Youth segment, we have a studio full of some incredible people from Sonoma County's premier LGBT youth organization, Positive Images. It it always amazes me to think that this organization has been around for over 20 years supporting LGBT youth here. I mean, we certainly had nothing like that when when I was growing up. So welcome, everyone. Uh, Let's go around the room and have you introduce yourselves. And you know, tell us how long you've been with the organization and what you do with them. Hi, I'm Jackie Nugent. I've been uh, volunteering for about three and a half years. Um, I lead the uh, Parents of Trans Youth Group on the first and third Tuesdays at 312 Gin Street at the center. I lead the uh, Trans Youth Group on the first and third Tuesdays at the center. And I'm a co-facilitator of the Male to Female Group on the um, second and fourth Tuesdays at the center. Well, and we want to come back and talk about those groups because that's certainly sort of a new uh, expansion of Positive Images for sure. Uh, My name is Jaime Moreno. I'm currently the intern at Positive Images. I joined Positive Images about two years ago, I believe now. Um, So now I'm kind of doing the intern work um, and helping them out a little more. Great. My name is Zari. I've been volunteering with PI for about two and a half years, and I'm just one of the older members on the youth leadership team uh, heading out soon. So I've been helping people kind of get a handle of the new positions and leave a little bit of history behind. Fantastic. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Mike Tracy, and I uh, started really becoming involved in Positive Images in summer of 2011, quickly so- uh, started volunteering in the office, and uh, then went back to college and after graduating became the intern for about seven months. And after that, uh, joined the board of directors. And now I'm uh, sitting as vice president of the board of directors. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, sorry, tell us about the weekly support group meetings. I mean, it's sort of where Positive Images started. What's it look like today? Well, today it's every Thursday night at the Santa Rosa High. We meet in the teacher's lounge, and there's about 20 to 30 people who come. It goes up and down, kind of depending on is it, you know, spring break like it is right now, or, you know, is it summertime when a lot of people are home and come back to us. So 
We have a really large amount of peer counselors. It's one of our really strong programs that Jim Foster, our director, leads with Jaime helping out as well. And Bree is also one of the trainers that come in. And we train the youth to not be therapists, but to be peer counselors and uh, offer a one-on-one situation where they can, where the members can really be heard and be listened to and get that support that they need. Excellent. And still 7 o'clock at Santa Rosa High School, right? Yes, 7 o'clock. And anybody can go? Yes, anyone who is youth-friendly, queer youth-friendly can go. 12 to 25 is still the age group? Yeah. Uh, it's actually changed to 14 to 24. 14 to 24. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, it, and there's no appointment necessary. You can just show up if you're needing some support and some connection. Definitely. Yes. Excellent. And Jackie, you, you told us a few minutes ago about some of the groups that you're hosting, and these are relatively new in the organization's history. Tell us more about what's going on. Well, one of the things that we've found is that there is a real need for support um, in in these areas. Um, a lot of kids are starting to transition younger. Myself, I didn't transition until the 50s, and I know a number of friends who transitioned later because you know, 40, 50 years ago, these things weren't even talked about. But now the parents are listening to their children and they're transitioning. So you have the youth who, who need to know, you know, that, that what they're feeling are valid feelings and the parents need to know how to support them. And so all of them are looking for support. And I was very lucky to find support when I came out through positive images and in other ways. And so I'm just returning that. So you mentioned for the parents. So there's a separate group just for parents of kids who are trans? Yeah, we call them gender nonconforming because quite often parents come in and they think, well, my, my little child who was identified boy at birth likes to wear dresses. And that's not necessarily what being trans is about. Right. Gender expression is different than gender identity. So we help the parents understand that it's okay for their children to do cross-gender play. And that's not necessarily meaning that they're trans-identified. But with therapy and professional help, they can find that out. In the meantime, we give them support on how to deal with those things. Right. So tell us about some of the, the meetings specifically for people who are questioning their gender or who want to learn more about the transition process. Well, we have, um, for myself, I've transitioned and I had surgery, so... I can give them my experience, and I've been around in the community for about 15 years, and I've known many other people. And what we try to tell people is, it just like with the queer kids coming out, it's that's an important step to take, transition for transgender people, but you only do it when you're safe. So, you know, you have to get the support. If you're if it's a, a youth, they have to have the support of their family. They have to be able to uh, go to the school and make sure that they'll be safe at school. And so we help them overcome all the obstacles that are in the way, all the places where they might stumble before they fall so that it makes the transition easier. Wow, fantastic. And this all takes place at the Positive Images Center on Chin Street, right? On Chin Street off of 4th, about a block away from Brookwood. Incredible. Fantastic. And, Mike, uh, one of the things we're here to talk about tonight is the Images magazine, and I understand that you're the producer of that magazine. Tell us about what Images is all about. Well, essentially, uh, Images is a biannual youth magazine uh, that allows all of our LGBTQQI youth uh, and members of the organization to just put their thoughts out there and uh, basically express themselves in, in any way that they want to. Um, so there's a combination of writings, poetry, um, just stories from their past and their coming out stories, photography, artwork, and also just experiences that Positive Images has um, 
helped them helped them have um, peer counseling um, retreats uh, going to pride in San Francisco and in Guerneville and there's documentation of all of all of that fun that we've had and so really it's it's just a way for our youth to uh, express themselves and so we make this magazine once every two years or so for the past eight years and we we make it available to all of our donors we also uh, distribute it to all of our members at the meetings and it's available at our center at uh, 312 chin street and so, yeah, it was a great experience putting it together. It actually brought me much closer to every member that I that I received materials from because I really got to see into into their process and their experience right. of, of coming out. Well, I mean, so, it's really it's really a pretty advanced looking magazine. It's in full color, and uh, it's very impressive. Oh, thanks! <laughs> it's really impressive. It's fantastic. So. Uh, the treat that we have for everybody tonight is that we're going to have some of the, the poetry and some of the passages uh, read out of this magazine. And I think this is really important because LGBT youth get left in the shadows so often of their straight of their straight peers, uh, and there's so much talent, uh, you know, in this group. So let's go first. All right. Um, so this poem is called "Tell." Um, I will never tell you how much I hate you. I will never tell you how much I love you. I will never tell you all the fear all of my fears. I will never tell you all of my dreams. I will never tell you all I have created. I will never tell you all I have destroyed. I will never tell you how righteous I am. I will never tell you how broken I am. I will never tell you all I have given. I will never tell you all I have stolen. I'll never tell you all I've lost. I'll never tell you all I've received. I will never tell you what I can see when no one else can. I will never tell you how blind I am. I will never tell you all of my fluke victories. I will never tell you all of my wasted opportunities. I will never tell you all of my joy, my sorrow, my pride, my shame, my longing, my, my restraint, my regret, my loneliness, my insecurities, my frustration, my cruelty, my compassion, my rage. I will never tell you. I wish I could tell you I'm wrong. I wish I could, you could tell me I'm wrong when I tell you you won't understand. Wow. And, and do we have an author for that? Uh, yeah, so um, the author is Keith. Um, he does a, a lot of graphic work for us. Um, he's an awesome person. Fantastic. What's some of the feedback you get from the members who contribute and they see their writing actually out there in public view and, and getting that kind of exposure? What's it like for them? I think it's a, it's a really cathartic, powerful experience for them. And just when we were first... Uh, telling them about about images and how we were taking you know signups to to contribute pieces, there was just this huge influx. Um, it was actually quite easy to collect the material because there was a definite need to express and um, and so I really think it 's a very therapeutic component to the mm -hmm. the PI program at large mm -hmm. with peer counseling and with all of our groups and activities. Mm -hmm. For students to really get there, or sorry, not students, um, for our members to to really just express themselves. Right. Now, I know that there have been, in from time to time, in Santa Rosa, poetry slams. Have any of the the contributors to Images ever gone to a poetry slam and, you know, given their work a more public view or hearing? Do you know? I would assume most likely. I know that there was a poetry, a spoken word workshop that was offered to our members about two years ago, that. and there right. was a very large group that went from our group. So not through us anymore, but I know that there's probably people still going. Awesome. Very good. So let's hear another one. 
Okay, so this one is is a reflection uh, by Don, who is a former co-facilitator at our Thursday night meetings and also was the board chair. I remember my years at PI as a time of struggle that was constantly infused with laughter. At PI, there was a contagious enthusiasm for self-discovery, an exhilarating energy of self-expression, and the camaraderie of facing a disapproving culture with hopeful defiance. I found an invaluable sense of belonging in PI. It was a community, a family that we created week after week. I left PI with confidence that I could find accepting and welcoming people in my life no matter how alone or different I felt. The process of understanding one's sexual orientation can be treacherous, and I'm immensely grateful to have found a safe place to discuss it. In meetings, Jim uh, Foster modeled a way of communicating that cultivated awareness, acceptance, and responsibility in us. I learned to bear witness to others with respect and compassion, and I was encouraged to explore my own interior geography using the authentic life as my compass. PI's mentors helped me envision a happy and healthy queer future for which I had no other models. They reminded me that we all serve as lighthouses and as mentors to others. At our school panels, I experienced what it means to create positive change, person to person. I discovered my own capacity for leadership and a longing to contribute to the world. I'm grateful to PI for all it taught me and for all the fabulous fun we had. I think that's a real testament to to the fact that members leave the organization but then come back and participate as mentors and, and participate on the board and then to be able to write something like that as a reflection on what the organization did for them. I can't think of a better endorsement uh, for the power of positive images. Uh, right. Fantastic. Wow. Very nice. We have time for more. Okay. All right. So the one I'm going to read is Grow by Charity. The sun shines on me and I grow with peace and love for myself and the people I hold close to my heart. When I fall, you are there like the wind to hold me up without question. The people in my life help me grow like the sun. I am a seed. Help me grow strong like a tree. Be my roots. Never leave me alone when I am down, because I am a piece of your root that holds you up. I will make you a promise here and now. We all fall weak. Our roots are going to become frail and break off from time to time. If we stand together, we will remain strong for many years. If I lend you my root, lend me yours, and we will withstand the test of time. Beautiful. So where can people go to get a copy if they're inspired by these, the f- just a few samples that we've heard? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you guys can definitely drop by by 312 Chin Street. Um, we have them on display um, along with our brochures and everything and all the information. And the center's open pretty much every day during the week? Uh, yeah, pretty much um, around 3 to three to 7 um, is when it's open. Okay. Now, Positive Images, let's talk about the important thing here, too. Positive Images is funded all by private donations. It's a nonprofit organization, right? Right, absolutely. And and so there's not you don't get this big grant every year that takes care of every expense. How do you pay the bills? Well, essentially through the generosity of, of the community. Uh, and I think that because of Positive Images' legacy in Sonoma County, um, we've been very fortunate to have a lot of um, a lot of donations, but we certainly um, always need more. And so where can people go to learn about how to donate or how to get involved? So we have a website at www.posimages.net. Okay. And so you can go there, and there's a plethora of information about our donation. And tell us very quickly, we're almost out of time, tell us about the dance that's coming up this spring. 
So this spring, we're having our seventh Hella Gay Prom. It will be at Monroe Hall, as it usually has been, from 7 to 11. And this year's theme is Arabian Nights. And we're all very excited about it. It's May 25th, I believe. I didn't say that. So, yeah, we're just very excited. Um, it's 14 to 24, and IDs are required. That's a little bit new. So, we're just we just love the dances. It's open to anyone who is 14 through 24 and queer friendly. And I know sounds good. Yeah, so, send so it's people. Like, it's like. It's a gay prom, right? Yeah, exactly. it's a big gay prom. Everybody's really comfortable there. I know there's a group that came up from like South San Francisco one year awesome. because we're one of the biggest ones in the area. Great. Well, if you missed the website, we'll have it on our own website at outbeatnews.com. And just click on show notes at the top of the page, and you'll see a link uh, for positive images there, along with the other uh, guests that we feature tonight. And believe it or not, that brings us to the end of our hour. A very special thanks to all of our guests tonight, Zach Walls, Devin Yaffe, and the incredible members from Positive Images. Uh, you all are doing fantastic work. I'll be back on the fourth Sunday of April with more Outbeat News in Depth. Be sure to tune in next Sunday night for a special Outbeat Extra with Gary Carnavelli. That's at 8 p.m. right here on KRCB Radio. Have a great week in the meantime, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. Outbeat News in Depth is hosted and produced by Greg Moralia exclusively for KRCB Radio. You can listen to our shows on demand on iTunes and on our website at OutbeatNews.com. And be sure to follow us all week long on our Facebook page and Twitter feed for the latest LGBT news from here in the North Bay and beyond. <laughs>